Can you hear me? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. Losing it. We'll catch you on. You're bloody useless. Stevie. Steven. That uh. even. Stevie. Now, Peter Steven. Now, can't tell the little bit. What's the one again? मुझे बहुत तकलीफ देती है ना दिमाग की अफरा तफरी तुम्हारे अंदर एक पागलपन है कुरलों को चलो वन करो मैं कस्टमर कर ले वो मूल कुरलों भी कड़क इन द पैतृक कार्तनंदा वो विधिन येत को मुन्नाई finest white suit and let's dive into one of Marvel's most unpredictable heroes to moon over. A mercenary turned cape vigilante, Mark Spector was enlisted by the Egyptian god Khonshu to deliver the god's vengeance. In addition to these external struggles, he also internally battles with mental issues. But back to Moon Knight's origins. Jewish-born Mark Spector was a mercenary with years of military experience who began running dastardly jobs with the terrifying Merc Bushman up in Egypt. Spectre eventually turned on the murderous madman after Bushman attempted to kill two innocent archaeologists, Marlene Arlani and her father. Marlene survived, but her father did not, and Spectre was left for dead in the scorching desert heat. Spectre made his way to an Egyptian tomb only to die and then be reborn at the feet of a statue of the moon god Khonshu, known as the Taker of Vengeance. With a renewed heavenly body, he got revenge and used his Merc-made fortune to turn from Mark Spector to the vigilante Moon Knight, a.k.a. the Fist of Khonshu. Yeah. 
Luckily, he has help from friends in his orbit, like trusted pal and pilot Frenchie, and his now lover, Marlene Orlani. But since his resurrection, Spectre has adopted numerous personas beyond Moon Knight. At times, he has become Mr. Knight, the suit-clad gent who's as cool as ice. Other times, he's Stephen Grant, a Wall Street wizard and Hollywood big shot financing his vigilante efforts. Or Jake Lockley, a streetwise cabbie with an ear to the ground to keep tabs on criminals. He's even sported personalities based on Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America. And while he uses these identities to help him in his battles, they've also caused him pain and hardship as they have led to disassociative identity disorder. With any of his many identities, Moon Knight utilizes his years of battle training along with high-tech gadgets and vehicles to honestly just beat the living hell out of criminals. But Moon Knight's hero career hasn't always been that bloody, thank goodness. He's been an Avenger, worked alongside Spider-Man, had a young sidekick named Midnight, plus had various other lunar explorations. Regardless of which Moon Knight you may meet, he shines in the darkest night, and none can eclipse this hero who battles both his own demons and the forces of evil as the Blade of Khonshu. I could wax on forever about him, but our time is waning, because now you do know Moon Knight. What's your favorite piece? Are you And it's only the first issue. So initially we pick up here with what are basically like vampires, right? Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that Marvel has a pretty tight continuity going on right now, relatively speaking, right? So Wolverine is largely dealing with the events of Dracula and that kind of stuff, but it also crossed over a little bit with the Avengers and it's also happening here. Now, one of the big differences between Moon Knight and a lot of characters like Spider-Man or the Incredible Hulk or something like that is that Moon Knight was part of the Midnight Suns. And so because of that, there's a lot of like the monster dark, you know, know, vampire, that kind of thing that goes on in the Moon Knight stories. Not consistently, right? Sometimes he's just beating up bad guys. But more often than not, it's the dark monster side of Marvel that you see Moon Knight dealing with here. And so the idea is that with everything Marvel's doing at the moment, I don't know if they're going to make like a vampire-centric event. I kind of hope they don't. But Dracula has been trying to get his hands on various samples of blood, right? Like the blood of the Incredible Hulk or like the blood of Wolverine. Blood that can be used due to its healing factor properties that would allow vampires to basically consume it and then automatically heal from the sun so basically become daywalkers essentially and so that's why you have these guys here right you have vampires here who have just newly turned some younger people into vampires and then kind of send them out there while they are saying that like you know you guys are our subordinates so when you turn other people into vampires those people will become your subordinates the idea is to simply just expand the number of vampires as fast as humanly possible right that's or at least as fast as possible not really humanly possible but as fast as possible that's dracula's motivation here and that's why a lot of people are doing this of course in the middle of it all you're basically beset by moon knight now the funny thing about this and kind of what moon knight says is that he has this kind of area of new york cordoned off right he has little symbols and stuff that he puts around in the shape of a moon and he puts those there as a warning sign right to let people know not to cross into his territory and that's what he says he's like i paint my symbol on the walls for two reasons the first is so people know they're safe my people people traveling at night the second is a warning to anybody who would harm those people at night and so that's why he basically goes after those vampires and then kills them. Now, that's one thing that I do want to establish when it comes to Moon Knight. For those of you guys who are unfamiliar with him, right? To the uninitiated, Moon Knight will kill people 
he's he's not like Batman. I mean, he is like he's basically Marvel's Batman. The difference is that he's not a half measure, right? Batman's a half measure. He, he won't really kill anybody. Moon Knight will, right? Moon Knight will be like that guy needs to go. But there's actually uh, there's a, there's a little more to his character besides that, which we'll explore over the course of the story. And where he moves in on these newly created vampires, their response is no, 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 right? We're not those guys. Like we don't want to be vampires. One of them was apparently a vegan. And then in turn, they're like, we don't want to do anything to anybody, right? Like we just want to be left alone. Now the irony of this is that because they are vampires, they are going to have to consume blood at some point along the line. Now, one of the things that happens with that in Marvel is you do see occasionally in like a Blade comic or something like that, where somebody like Blade will let a vampire go and then tell them like, go over there, right? Go to some blood bank and get your 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 blood if you need to. That's what Michael Morbius did in the early days in comics. And even to a degree, that's what he did when he became something of an anti-hero. He never fed on human blood if he didn't need to, right? He hated the idea of doing that. So it's not uncommon to see people who are vampires in Marvel Comics find alternative methods to killing innocent people in order to satiate their, their blood appetite. And Mark Spector is basically going out on a limb here, right? Because these guys say, no, 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 we don't want to do that. He's basically trusting them. And that's kind of the irony. Because... You looking for a new free game? Continue. Conversation with his therapist, Dr. Sturman, and in turn, she's like, so you let them go. And in response, Moon Knight's like, yes, right? Reese, basically his assistant, was correct in saying that like they're, they're vampires, but they're also innocent people. He said they had been kidnapped and turned by some vampiric, self-actualized pyramid scheme cult. They were also travelers at night and they needed my protection. And so that's when the question's asked. So it's your righteous duty, right? Let's talk about that. Did you start a church? And the response of Moon Knight is, yes, I started a mission, right? I am the high priest of Khonshu. Now, here's one of the things to understand when it comes to, to Moon Knight, right? Really what kind of goes on here is basically the origin story of Mark Spector to a degree. But one of the things to know is that Mark Spector struggles with disassociative identity disorder. In terms of his initial origin, he was basically... It means a multi-personality multi disorder. You know what I think? A person can act like four percent or five percent. When he turns into second person, he cannot remember anything exactly what it looks like. He started out as Mark Spector. He was in the U.S. Marine Corps. He joined the CIA. Then he did private military contracting, basically throughout, you know, Africa and South America. But that's when he says, like, private military contracting, right? Like, don't sanitize it down. He was a mercenary, right? He would kill for money. But eventually a time came when he was working alongside Raul Bushman, when they were essentially trying to find this treasure hall, basically, when they were working alongside the professor who had located the statue of Khonshu, that in turn, Mark Spector turned against Raul Bushman. And in fact, more or less had 
had a change of heart. Raul Bushman shot him for dead or left him for dead. And then in turn, he's left at the statue or at the base of the statue of Khonshu. And that's when Khonshu visited him and said, I will make you my earthly avatar. I will bring you back if you promise to serve me, right? And that's how Mark Spector became Moon Knight. And that's what he says, right? Like I did go a conscience, but after years of fighting dirty wars, my soul was barren earth. To sprout such a flower is that? Well, it had to be watered with blood, my blood. And so she says, you claim that the Egyptian god Khonshu brought you back to life. And his answer is yes. I was given my life back in return for becoming the fist of Khonshu, to become the traveler, the embracer, the pathfinder, the defender of those who travel at night. And that was the original nature of Moon Knight, of Mark Spector. Back in the days when he first showed up, he was a very capable fighter because of all of his training and everything like that. But in the full moon and at night, his powers would actually expand. At night, his powers already grew. When there was a full moon, his powers would amplify even further. But he very much was a, a night-based villain, right? He would fight at night. And that's why a lot of people began to draw these sort of illusions between himself and Batman, because they had so much in common. And so that's when you find out, right, where, where Sermon's kind of like, okay, I mean, like as a therapist, what you're describing to me sounds like schizophrenia, right? Basically the idea that you betrayed your partner, you were left at the base of a statue, that statue came to you, right? Like that God came to you and promised to resurrect you as long as you would be their agent on earth and you've gone forward fighting and avenging crime in their name. That sounds like a person who cannot differentiate reality from fantasy. Now, the diagnosis of schizophrenia takes more than that. It's not something that's made on a whim, but Mark puts off all the hallmark perceptions or all the hallmark perspectives of schizophrenia to a person that doesn't, that wouldn't really understand what's going on. But then she goes as far as to say, I, ha I have agreed to be your therapist at the request of the Avengers. So I understand that your situation is unique. So that's why she doesn't immediately chalk him up and say, okay, like Mark, it sounds like you're a schizophrenic. That's what it sounds like, right? I mean, literally she's in a world of people where like a guy turns into a giant greed rage monster, giant 2000 foot tall space gods show up routinely. I mean, it's, it's, at, at this point, right? Mark's situation seems to be less mental illness and more of just a mission he has. But mental illness does exist in Marvel Comics. Legion is a perfect example of that. The difficult thing in Marvel Comics is trying to differentiate which characters or which characters are who they claim to be and which characters are schizophrenic, right? Which ones are just imagining it all in their heads. But the thing about this is that the mission of Moon Knight is very reminiscent of one, when he was Mr. Knight, right? That's the version that you see here. And then two of like heroes for hire, right? It's very, very similar to that. Now, Mark's always kind of had this sort of thing going on to a degree, even if it wasn't necessarily as on the face as it is right now, it's always basically been that way. People could come to him and they could say, hey, like I'm dealing with some crazy stuff, right? Um, I need you to help me out with that. And it's kind of funny because he's talking to this older lady and she's like, you know, in my building, they come at night, they scratch at the doors, they whisper such things, you know, and she's like, I need you to help me out. Now, this is probably the coolest moment in the comic because you switch over to Moon Knight, basically pummeling these things. And like one of the occupants opens the door while he's beating the crap out of these, these monster things in the hallway. And he's like, close the door, right? Close the door and lock it. And so as he like pummels all these guys, he throws one of them out the window and basically kills it. He tells the other ones like, I know who you are, right? Vermin, one of Spider-Man's foes, some mad science guinea pig. You used to be a man and you hate being alone. And so now you've cloned yourself. So you will never be alone. But he says, unless I kill all of you right now, and I can, and I will. I am not Spider-Man. I am Moon Knight, and I don't die. And it's just a ridiculously cool moment, right? It's just a ridiculously amazing moment, right? Like he, literally, like, he literally tells all these guys, you tried to take one of mine, and I took one of yours. So either you can... Part 2. Thank you for watching.
and it's only the first issue. So initially we pick up here with what are basically like vampires, right? Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that Marvel has a pretty tight continuity going on right now, relatively speaking, right? So Wolverine is largely dealing with the events of Dracula and that kind of stuff, but it also crossed over a little bit with the Avengers and it's also happening here. Now, one of the big differences between Moon Knight and a lot of characters like Spider-Man or the Incredible Hulk or something like that is that Moon Knight was part of the Midnight Suns. And so because of that, there's a lot of like the monster, dark, you know, vampire, that kind of thing that goes on in the Moon Knight stories. Not consistently, right? Sometimes he's just beating up bad guys, but more often than not, it's the dark monster side of Marvel that you see Moon Knight dealing with here. And so the idea is that with everything Marvel's doing at the moment, I don't know if they're going to make like a vampire centric event. I kind of hope they don't, but Dracula has been trying to get his hands on various samples of blood, right? Like the blood of the Incredible Hulk or like the blood of Wolverine. Blood that can be used due to its healing factor properties that would allow vampires to basically consume it and then automatically heal from the sun. So basically become daywalkers, essentially. And so that's why you have these guys here, right? You have vampires here who have just newly turned some younger people into vampires and then kind of send them out there. While they are saying that like, you know, you guys are our subordinates. So when you turn other people into vampires, those people will become your subordinates. The idea is to simply just expand the number of vampires as fast as humanly possible, right? That's where at least as fast as possible, not really humanly possible, but as fast as possible. That's Dracula's motivation here. And that's why a lot of people are doing this. Of course, in the middle of it all, you're basically beset by Moon Knight. Now, the funny thing about this and kind of what Moon Knight says is that he has this kind of area of New York cordoned off, right? He has little symbols and stuff that he puts around in the shape of a moon. And he puts those there as a warning sign, right? To let people know not to cross into his territory. And that's what he says. He's like, I paint my symbol on the walls for two reasons. The first is so people know they're safe. My people, people traveling at night. The second is a warning to anybody who would harm those people at night. And so that's why he basically goes after those vampires and then kills them. Now, that's one thing that I do want to establish when it comes to Moon Knight. For those of you guys who are unfamiliar with him, right? To the uninitiated, Moon Knight will kill people. He's, he's not like, I mean, he is like, he's basically Marvel's Batman. The difference is that he's not a half measure, right? Batman's a half measure. He, he won't really kill anybody. Moon Knight will, right? Moon Knight will be like, that guy needs to go. But there's actually, uh, there's, a, there's a little more to his character besides that, which we'll explore over the course of the story. And where he moves in on these newly created vampires, their response is, no, 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 right? We're not those guys. Like, we don't want to be vampires. One of them was apparently a vegan. And then in turn, they're like, we don't want to do anything to anybody, right? Like, we just want to be left alone. Now, the irony of this is that because they are vampires, they are going to have to consume blood at some point along the line. Now, one of the things that happens with that in Marvel is you do see occasionally in like a Blade comic or something like that, where somebody like Blade will let a vampire go and then tell them like, go over there, right? Go to some blood bank and get your 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 blood if you need to. That's what Michael Morbius did in the early days in comics. And even to a degree, that's what he did when he became something of an anti-hero. He never fed on human blood if he didn't need to, right? He hated the idea of doing that. So it's not uncommon to see people who are vampires in Marvel comics find alternative methods to killing innocent people in order to satiate their, their blood appetite. And Mark Spector is basically going out on a limb here, right? Because these guys say, no, 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 we don't want to do that. He's basically trusting them. And that's kind of the irony because... You looking for a new free game?
Sorry for the interruption. Continue. Conversation with his therapist, Dr. Sturman, and in turn, she's like, so you let them go. And in response, Moon Knight's like, yes, right? Reese, basically his assistant, was correct in saying that like they're, they're vampires, but they're also innocent people. He said they had been kidnapped and turned by some vampiric self-actualized pyramid scheme cult. They were also travelers at night and they needed my protection. And so that's when the question's asked. So it's your righteous duty, right? Let's talk about that. Did you start a church? And the response of Moon Knight is, yes, I started a mission, right? I am the high priest of Khonshu. Now, here's one of the things to understand when it comes to, to Moon Knight, right? Really what kind of goes on here is basically the origin story of Mark Spector to a degree. But one of the things to know is that Mark Spector struggles with disassociative identity disorder. In terms of his initial origin, he was basically... It means a multi-personality multi disorder. You know the thing. A person can act like 4% or 5% when he turns into second person, he cannot remember anything exactly what it looks like. He started out as Mark Spector. He was in the U.S. Marine Corps. He joined the CIA. Then he did private military contracting, basically throughout, you know, Africa and South America. But that's when he says, like, private military contracting, right? Like, don't sanitize it down. He was a mercenary, right? He would kill for money. But eventually, a time came when he was working alongside Raul Bushman, when they were essentially trying to find this treasure hall, basically, when they were working alongside the professor who had located the statue of Khonshu, that in turn, Mark Spector turned against Raul Bushman. And in fact, more or less had a change of heart. Raul Bushman shot him for dead or left him for dead. And then in turn, he's left at the statue or at the base of the statue of Khonshu. And that's when Khonshu visited him and said, I will make you my earthly avatar. I will bring you back if you promise to serve me, right? And that's how Mark Spector became Moon Knight. And that's what he says, right? Like I did go a conscience, but after years of fighting dirty wars, my soul was bare on earth. To sprout such a flower is that? Well, it had to be watered with blood, my blood. And so she says, you claim that the Egyptian god Khonshu brought you back to life? And his answer is yes. I was given my life back in return for becoming the fist of Khonshu, to become the traveler, the embracer, the pathfinder, the defender of those who travel at night. And that was the original nature of Moon Knight, of Mark Spector. Back in the days when he first showed up, he was a very capable fighter because of all of his training and everything like that. But in the full moon and at night, his powers would actually expand. At night, his powers already grew. When there was a full moon, his powers would amplify even further. But he very much was a, a night-based villain, right? He would fight at night. And that's why a lot of people began to draw these sort of illusions between himself and Batman because they had so much in common. And so that's when you find out, right, where where Sermon's kind of like, okay, I mean, like as a therapist, what you're describing to me sounds like schizophrenia, right? Basically the idea that you betrayed your partner, you were left at the base of a statue, that statue came to you, right? Like that God came to you and promised to resurrect you as long as you would be their agent on earth and you've gone forward fighting and avenging crime in their name, that sounds like a person who cannot differentiate reality from fantasy. Now, the diagnosis of schizophrenia takes more than that. It's not something that's made on a whim, but Mark puts off all the hallmark perceptions or all the hallmark perspectives of schizophrenia to a person that doesn't, that wouldn't really understand what's going on. But then she goes as far as to say, I, ha I have agreed to be your therapist at the request of the Avengers. So I understand that your situation is unique. So that's why she doesn't immediately chalk him up and say, okay, like Mark, it sounds like you're a schizophrenic. That's what it sounds like, right? I mean, literally she's in a world of 
of people where like a guy turns into a giant greed rage monster giant 2000 foot tall space gods show up routinely i mean it's, it's at, at this point right mark's situation seems to be less mental illness and more of just a mission he has but mental illness does exist in marvel comics legion is a perfect example of that the difficult thing in marvel comics is trying to differentiate which characters or which characters are who they claim to be and which characters are schizophrenic right which ones are just imagining it all in their heads but the thing about this is that the mission of moon knight is very reminiscent of one when he was mr knight right that's the version that you see here and then two of like heroes for hire right it's very very similar to that now mark's always kind of had this sort of thing going on to a degree even if it wasn't necessarily as on the face as it is right now it's always basically been that way people could come to him and they could say hey like i'm dealing with some crazy stuff right um i need you to help me out with that and it's kind of funny because he's talking to this older lady and she's like you know in my building they come at night they scratch at the doors they whisper such things you know and she's like i need you to help me out now this is probably the coolest moment in the comic because you switch over to moon knight basically pummeling these things and like one of the occupants opens the door while he's beating the crap out of these these monster things in the hallway and he's like close the door right close the door and lock it and so as he like pummels all these guys he throws one of them out the window and basically kills it he tells the other ones like i know who you are right vermin one of spider-man's foes some mad science guinea pig you used to be a man and you hate being alone and so now you've cloned yourself so you will never be alone but he says unless i kill all of you right now and i can and i will i am not spider-man i am moon knight and i don't die and it's just a ridiculously cool moment right it's just a ridiculously amazing moment right like he literally like he literally tells all these guys you tried to take one of mine and i took one of yours so either you can part two thank you for watching Welcome back to episode 2. Thank you for subscribing. He doesn't really care, right? The rules don't really apply to him. He will kill people end up scurrying off that's the essence of moon knight right like that's the essence of of mark specter is he's just like he'll he, he doesn't really care right the rules don't really apply to him he will kill people i mean that's just the way that it is right he doesn't really have any of these kind of higher moral high grounds right because the higher moral high grounds like those don't really work right all it does is give villains a reason or an excuse to continue being villains right because they know you'll only go so far and they kind of rely on your inability to to be a full measure as a means by which they can continue what they do right but when you're mark specter and you're not a half measure right you're a full measure right and you will kill those guys villains don't usually mess with you right they don't usually come to your part of town and start giving you a hard time they usually steer clear for the most part and free game we'll check this please follow my podcast thank you thank you for subscribing what's going on clear for the most part and so again you kind of switch over to this conversation that's going on when you have uh Sturman basically talking to, to Moon Knight and as he, as he kind of goes through this he sort of continues to establish what his role is she is a psychiatrist he went to visit for multi-personality disorder he's taking 
It's taking classes for controlling. Especially in relation to Khonshu. Now, Khonshu is an actual god out there. And one of the things to know is that it's not as though Khonshu is just some kind of benevolent being or he doesn't really exist in the same capacity as Bast in terms of like, you know, his, his beliefs and views or anything like that. Khonshu is very manipulative. And more recently in the Avengers comics, Khonshu tried to use Mark Spector and the Phoenix Force as a way to conquer the world. Of course, Mark Spector basically brought all that to an end and ended up essentially defeating Khonshu in the process. And then Khonshu was taken by the Asgardians and basically locked away, right? So he is wherever he is under Asgardian control. And he even says that, right? Like they're keeping him off in Asgard somewhere uh, and it doesn't really matter to me. Sure, the God that I that, that, that I worship, apparently, the God that created me, yes, like he is a person I don't trust, we stand apart. But he says, I am still the high priest of a God that I am estranged from. So even though I do not necessarily even follow Khonshu, I have no desire to rescue Khonshu or to help him, I am still maintaining my role, which is to protect those who travel at night you know kind of going back in and and in turn uh basically visiting what is in effect like a, a clinic you know he's told by reese that like some super villain was attacking it when he gets there he's like well it doesn't look like this villain's doing a very good job because this villain like eight ball eight ball sucks he doesn't matter but he's getting the absolute crap beat out of him right getting absolutely pummeled by the owner of this clinic so he's not a very good super villain but the cool thing is this 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 kind of seems a little bit off right this guy seems a little bit off right this guy basically says like when moon knight asked him you know he was like uh what's the whole deal here and this guy says his name is dr badir he's like uh this guy was attacking my clinic right you know so basically i beat the crap out of him but i was always wondering when i might meet you right so word circulating around the neighborhood that mark specter is the one who protects the neighborhood he's the one that keeps people safe and that's an important distinction that's how mobsters rose to power back in the day and it's how people are really able to avoid prosecution by the law in a lot of ways is because they protect the neighborhood so the neighborhood protects them so it's one of those things where like if mark specter does something that he's not supposed to do or something that could lead to him getting arrested the people in the neighborhood follow the philosophy of well i didn't see anything because i wasn't there and if i was there well i was asleep right but they would never rat on him right they would never snitch right they kind of keep to themselves because they know at the end of the day mark is looking out for them in a way that seemingly nobody else will and there's loyalty that gets built up there and so that's what's kind of interesting is because the conversation between the two of them kind of begins to shift to a degree and this guy you know dr badir is like you know you're a fist of conch mr specter right you have a sacred duty this guy seems to know a lot right like mark says like the fists of conchu and i don't remember seeing you at the church social right like mark has his own event and kind of hanging out and all that kind of stuff and this guy's like consider me recently arrived from the home office i was disappointed with what i see our god languishes in the custody of foreign deities and what is his fist doing allowing vampires to exist in territory consecrated to the duty of conchu absurd blasphemous and so basically he's calling mark specter's entire role into question right that he almost kind of seems to have this sort of belief in Kanchu, right like he almost seems to be equivalent to mark specter in terms of the role that he plays and that's when he's kind of like look i mean if you know you're supposed to be a fist of Kanchu, why aren't you rescuing Kanchu? why aren't you out there helping him out like all you're really doing here is you're you're like vampires are getting in around here and stuff like that like you're basically being exceedingly ineffective at your job and you've basically abandoned your boss and that's when mark's like okay what in the world's going on here now this is an important distinction here right what mark's basically saying is that he's not the only fist of Kanshu out there he's not the only agent of Kanshu that exists out there in the world but he sees himself as the highest ranking right he is the fist of Kanshu he was chosen by Kanshu to operate on earth and to be his agent but this guy basically chimes back and says I can assure you Mr. Spectre there is but one who outranks me in the cult of Kanshu 
and you are not him. And so that's what's so crazy here is you switch back to this conversation between Dr. Sturman and uh, and Mark Spector, and they hit on the idea about his disassociative identity disorder. Now, this was a hallmark of Mark Spector, and it actually took a little while to get up to that point. I mean, it was a, it was it was like this this story arc that basically took decades to build. But the idea is that when Mark Spector officially became Moon Knight, that what he needed was the ability to operate on multiple levels. And so he created the Jake Lockley identity to basically be a cab driver, right? The guy that could have his ear to the ground and hear about what's going on on the street level. Then he developed the Steve Grant identity, who's the ultra wealthy guy, basically the Bruce Wayne of Marvel, so he can hear what's going on out there in terms of white collar crime. And he could fight all of them equally. And that in essence, the various personalities or identities that he created became personalities to the point that he didn't even know who he was anymore. He didn't know if his real identity was Steve Grant or Jake Lockley or Mark Spector, if his life as a mercenary was actually something he made up and he's always been a cab driver because he developed whole identities for himself, right? Like whole backgrounds in everything, whole stories, the whole nine yards, so we could blend in. And so with all that meshing together, it all really came to a head, I would argue, in Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight run, when ultimately he had to basically destroy those personalities. But it's one of the things that Dr. Sturman talks about that she deals with superhuman menticide, right? Cases like Jack Monroe and Rutherford Winner. Now, Jack Monroe is particularly interesting because if I recall correctly, Jack Monroe was the guy who played the fake Bucky Barnes, I think. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the rub. Cut a sidetrack from Moon Knight for a second. The way this worked, as most of you guys know, Captain America was basically frozen in a block of ice at the end of World War II. And Bucky Barnes was believed to have been dead after being blown up by the plane that he was on with uh, by, uh, by Baron Zemo. But Marvel kept producing Captain America comics going into the Cold War. And so eventually the question had to be asked, if Captain America was, a, was appearing in like the Cold War era, but he was supposed to have been frozen in ice and died during World War II, then how do those two things reconcile? And so over the years, different writers had given us different bits of information. Ed Brubaker had actually consolidated all of that down in his just landmark Captain America run, and then in turn gave us characters like Jack Monroe, basically revealing that Steve Rogers' Captain America and the original James Buchanan Barnes, yes, they had been gone since the end of World War II. What you got were stand-ins. You basically got people pretending to be Steve Rogers and pretending to be Bucky Barnes because the country wasn't ready for the reality that Captain America could have been killed. Because with the death of Captain America, people would see that as the death of America. You get what I mean? So it was more like political and propaganda than it was anything else. But Jack Monroe struggled with like disassociative identity disorder for years after playing Bucky Barnes. That along with things like PTSD, depression, anxiety, and so on. The guy's entire life was just turned upside down, right? It was it was absolutely crazy. But that's one of the reasons why she deals with people like Jack Monroe, because it gives you perception as far as how reaching her role is in dealing with these various people around here. But switching back to Mark kind of there back at his facility, he ends up hanging out with Reese. Now, again, it's kind of cool to see that he's just given Reese a role, right? I mean, Reese is, I mean, well, she was one of the vampires at the beginning. She's still pretty sassy, right? Like earlier in the comic, uh, he was like, hey, can you get us some coffee? She's like, get it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, so she's 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 a little jerky to a degree, but it's also she's also entertaining. But again, one of the reasons why he says he likes having her here so much is because she doesn't try to change him, right? Like she's perfectly fine with the way he is, and he prefers to be the way that he is. And so again, as the two of them are talking, and he says like it's it's not easy to do this when everyone thinks you're crazy, and it's even harder to do it when they when they when like they're right that you are crazy. But it's like it's my job to do. My job is to basically be the fist of Khonshu, and as he kind of goes on about his role it being 
his sacred duty, you end up finding out that basically Dr. Badir is watching him, that this guy is just keeping an eye on him, and that he simply says that like his goal is to literally start working on Mark Spector, right? That he's turning Mark Spector into his own project, right? That he's basically going to take this guy down. And the reason why is that it's seemingly a personal vendetta, that where this guy shows up to a statue of Khonshu, that he says like he's a defender, right? That Mark Spector, that Moon Knight, that he's errored, right? That he strayed away from the purpose of Khonshu, that Moon Knight requires correction. And he says, but I keep the faith. I enact your will. I will carry out your duty. And he says, your right hand has failed, but your left hand has not. Your other fist remains faithful, your hunter's moon. So basically, this guy is now the new main villain of Moon Knight, seemingly, and he's the other hand of Khonshu. I'm excited to see where this goes, man, because I'm not aware of this guy having ever appeared before, but it looks great. So with that being said, guys, we're going to bring he's this to an end. Thank you guys for watching. Okay. I'm not that way. That's all for today. The volume one is had been completed. Then volume three, episode three is as volume 